0: Hi everyone, this is Nellie coming to you from my podcast. Today's message is uh, in relation to my um, phone ministry, Song, Scripture, and My Thoughts. Today is April 10th, 2021. Today's song is Oceans Where Feet May Fail by Hillsong United. And I'm not really so much going to go into reading a whole bunch of scripture today, but in in relations to today's song, uh, Oceans, Where Feet May Fail, I remember hearing uh, there was an interview with Hillsong as to, you know, where they came up with the lyrics and whatnot. And it is taken from messages from uh, the story of Peter, when Jesus is walking on the Sea of Galilee and their boat their boat is in the middle of the sea and uh, and he's walking towards the boat and the uh, the Apostles see him they get a little worried that you know um, it's not every day that you see your your friend walking on water and uh, so Peter says you know he's going to step out of the the boat and, and walk right to him in faith and uh, he gets a little scared because of the wind and the waves and he takes his eyes off of jesus and he he starts to sink because he has you know his eyes aren't his faith has left him for that for that moment and so he sinks and of course jesus Stretches out his hand and um, pulls him up to his level, and then they they walk it back into the boat together. And it's a story of um, a true story. But on and although that you know Jesus isn't walking to us on the the Sea of Galilee um, on top of the water, he still asks us to be. Um, at that faith level where we're not going to live our lives in worry um, and in fear. And he does tell us that uh, the spirit of fear does not come from him, you know, so if you've got fear in your life, cast it out of your life because it is not of the Holy Spirit. So anyway, I just wanted to come on and just, just tell you a little bit where my thoughts are today. And I'm in the book of Mark. Uh, I've been reading the... Um, my sister sent me uh, a Bible about a year ago, uh, the New American Standard Bible, and I started reading it from the beginning, and I'm now um, on Mark uh, chapter 11. And it, it I'm not going to read from that chapter because it's... Um, it's in regards to Palm Sunday, and then it goes... But I will re- go back and read that for myself uh, later on because I don't want to... I want to keep reading it all the way to Revelation. But um, I got a little bit into the return of Christ last, um, last weekend in regards to um, Easter. Uh, and before, of course, Jesus is... Uh, crucified, he talks about his return, and I got into that, um, like I said last weekend, and so I'm not going to go into any of that, and I talked about Jesus before Pilate and the resurrection, so what I am going to go, what I am going to, um, talk about today is I'm going to go into, uh, the book of, a little bit into the book of Luke, a little bit into the, uh, the book of Acts, and then I'll end with um, some scripture from Galatians. So, I'm sorry, it's not Luke, it's actually John, and we're in um, chapter 6, verses 15 through 25, and this is uh, Jesus Walks on the Water. So Jesus, perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, and after getting into a boat, they started to cross the sea to Capernaum. It had already become dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea began to be stirred up, because a strong wind was blowing. Then, when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. So they were willing to receive him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. The next day the crowd that stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other small boat there, except one, and that Jesus had not entered with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples had gone away alone. There came other small boats from Tiberias, near to the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the small boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Now, not every gospel um, records every little bit of information. So that's why you have to read all four gospels in order to get the full, the full uh, story on, on one account. And that's why I told you in another account, Jesus walks on the water. Now, um, so there is Matthew. Mark Luke and John and if you go to each gospel and read about Jesus walking on the water you'll get a little bit more information from each account now in this one that I just read to you uh, the people that got into the boat um, they noticed that Jesus was no longer on the one side of the sea and so that's why they're asking him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Because they only noticed, they didn't see him leave. They didn't see him walk on the water, but when he was walking on the water, it was dark. And the um, the disciples had already walked, uh, not walked, I'm sorry. They were already in their boat and had already traveled three or four miles. So I don't know about you, but even walking a half a mile is quite a long distance. So. And Jesus walked for a time on the sea and you know in this account it says the waters were stirred so it wasn't a very nice time out on the on the boat and so and then also um, in what I had just read Jesus um, the people recall you know that um, they were talking about a place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks so you're gonna find this account of Jesus walking on the water after Jesus feeds the the 5000 people that these are the people that didn't see Jesus leave and then they got into their own boat and crossed over into Capernaum and then they're asking him well how did you get here. It's just a little added more more um but anyway uh he he feeds 5000 prior to that with um he only has uh five barley loaves and two fish and with that he looks up to heaven and he's able to give enough bread and fish to all the people until they were they were full so this is a very miraculous act that Jesus did to feed those 5,000 and uh, they were also left over um, fish fish and bread that were left over Because Jesus says, "Gather up the leftover fragments, so that nothing will be lost." So I guess they had enough for a leftover for uh, twelve baskets. Um, I guess it doesn't say that there were any fish left over, but anyway. So I also want to try to include a parable in each each time i come on here and and read to you guys uh and it's found in this one is found i'm I'm just i'm gonna go back into luke here and uh, it's chapter 15 verses 11 through 32 and it's the the prodigal son and i'm sure you've all heard um this parable so Jesus said, and he said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now, when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country. And he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And, and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating. And no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran, and embraced him, and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost." And has been found and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field and when he came and approached the house he heard music and dancing and he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be and he said to him your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back and safe and sound but he became angry and was not willing to go in and his father came out and began pleading with him but he answered and said to his father look for so many years i have been serving you and i have never neglected at a command of yours and yet you have never given me a young goat so that i might celebrate with my friends but when this son of yours came who was devoured who has devoured your wealth and with uh, prostitutes You killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you have always been with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. Now of course this story is about the two sons. One, he's following all the rules and he's staying with the dad. But he's a little bitter. Because now the son that asked for his inheritance, he left, and yeah, he's explaining to the father, he squandered it on prostitutes, and, and yet here you are, you know, killing a, the, the 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 fattened calf, and celebrating his homecoming as though he's been with you, with you all along, and um, he's basically telling the father he doesn't deserve it, that he deserves it, he deserves um better things because he's been with the father all along with the father um, you know it, it is God and and it's telling you know, about the one son that's following all the rules but yet <clears throat> he's not living his life um, fully for the Lord because he's expecting something and then you have the other the other son who who leaves, how many prodigals are out there? I mean, I was a prodigal at one time, but the Lord brought me back in, and um, and and celebrates, um, and you know there are a lot of people that follow rules and one rule after the next and think their their good deeds are going to get them into heaven, but really, it's it's um, you got to have a really compassionate. Side to you about, you know, uh, if somebody leaves the, in another parable it says, you know, there's a hundred sheep, but the Lord will leave the 99 to go and seek out the, other, the one because He seeks out the ones that are lost. And so He had a son that was lost, but then He came to His senses and He came back. He came back and not only did His dad, um, throw a celebration, he he gives him a ring and oh, I mean he just he goes all out so don't ever think you know, the moral of this story is why I'm bringing it, is that you're never too lost and you can never be too good if, if uh, you don't expect that the one person that's been living their life doing whatever they want and they come back um, gets the same treatment um, you have to you know rejoice over that one that's come back and um, you know it's, it's so deserving and that should, that is the big commission to go out and bring in the lost the people that have strayed away and uh, you know there's a big party in heaven when somebody returns that's for sure so um, I'm going to go into Acts and I just want to share just a little bit from there And then also um, I want to read just a little bit uh, From Galatians Okay, so it's the book of Acts And it's chapter 4 And I'm just going to read a little bit About um, Peter and John There are two of um, Jesus has already ascended back into heaven The promise of the Holy Spirit Has already come upon Um, the believers, and they are on their, the mission of their life, getting, um, bringing in the lost to know who Jesus is. And uh, nothing is going to detour them. Nothing is going to cause them to, to, um, to not go forth and preach out the word, not even being arrested. So, um, uh, I'll just start reading, and I hope that I um, I might skip around a little bit so it's not so long, uh, because chapter 4 is kind of lengthy. But um, So Peter and John arrested. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the sanduces came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Now, and in that little paragraph, um, you know, like I mentioned, Jesus has uh, been... Uh, Crucified, he died for three days. He was resurrected on the third day, and he stuck around for forty days. And um, so, the Sanduces and the uh, the the high priests and the people, you know, they're upset because oh, well, they thought they had done away with Jesus. They thought their story. If you tuned in last week. Um, the 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 guards that were guarding the the tomb where jesus was laid um they saw the angel and they saw how you know jesus had resurrected and the angel told the the women go and tell the um the disciples that he is he is not here he is risen and so then they went to go tell the high priests and and uh, all the people that crucified him what they had seen and they were bought they were given money hush money to keep their mouths shut and say that uh, jesus's body was stolen and that jesus was not resurrected and so um so here you know all, all that um the jews did to try to silence um this this jesus and uh, his followers um they're, they're a little uh perturbed in this in this paragraph about how, you know, why are they teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And so they put him in jail. But before that, it also documents that uh, the message was believed and 5,000 more came into salvation. Okay, so then it goes on, verse 5, on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem and Annas, the high priest, was there and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. When they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, By what power, or in what name, have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man, as to how this man has been made well, Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. So before this, um, uh, uh, the Apostle Peter lays hands on um, someone and he becomes well. And so, you know, the miracles are still going on after, you know, when Jesus was with them. He was he was uh, um healing the sick and casting out demons and then he gave authority to to the disciples to go and do the same and now the the these same uh, apostles are are filled with the holy spirit and doing even more uh in the name of the uh, by the power of the holy spirit so he's telling them you know you guys tried to get rid of him but Uh, You want to know who it is that I'm serving? It is Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead. And by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. So he's pointing to the person that was just healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's also saying this is, you know, you guys rejected him. So, okay. Now we're in verse 13. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed, and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healing, who had been healed, standing with them, they had nothing to say to repl- in reply. But when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another, saying, "What shall we do with these men?" So they're noticing, I've said in past messages that Jesus doesn't pick the highly educated to to follow Him. So they're pointing out, you know, that uh, Peter and John they're they're uneducated, untrained men. So how could they be speaking the way they're speaking and being um, so bold and uh, these you know they're confident in what they're they're talking about. And nothing is going to um, budge them from um, getting the the word out that Jesus is the Lord, King of Kings. So they're beginning to recognize that there's something a little bit unusual with these people, and uh, they recognize that these were the same men that were with Jesus. And uh, so now you know they're conferring with one another, they're they're asking each other, well, you know, now what do we do? You know, uh, crucifying Jesus didn't work. So they're, they're asking each other, and so they, they say, uh, What shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it will not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no longer to any man in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. Now that's important. Because, you know, here they're saying, do you know? Do you think that we should listen to you or God? And why would we listen to you and not God? Um, whether it is right in the sight of God to, to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. And I've explained to you in other um, podcasts that... And these disciples, they, they were um, all persecuted. The, some were um, crucified, some were beheaded. Except for John, he he lives on. Um, the longest doesn't record his death, and he's the one that records uh, uh, Revelation. And we'll get into that at another time, but. Um, no matter what, no matter how what came their way, all the whippings and lashings and arrests—you the know—they they did not step off the message of Jesus. They did not, and thank God they didn't. Um, so and this is where where they record. We have seen and heard, and a lot of the the books will start. You know, we have seen it. We've seen with our own eyes. We are witnesses. So, it goes on to say, when they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them on account of the people, because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. So they couldn't just write out, arrest them or or harm them, because, you know, remember there was 5,000 people that were uh, became believers. So, you know, they were all about being trying to look good um, um, i mean just go on the record of saying those high priests and sanduces and Pharisees they were all you know they were trying to look good but they weren't good obviously they crucified our Lord anyway okay so uh, let see so they didn't want to to arrest them, and and the, and the person it goes on to record that the person that was healed was forty years old, whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And when they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said. O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and that and all that is in them, who, by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our Father David, your servant said, "Why did the Gentiles rage, and the peoples devise futile things, futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand, your hand, and your purpose predestined to occur. And they're just saying, you know, that this was all predestined, you know, God in the Old Testament uh, tried several different ways to get people to um, follow Him, but um, all the ways all the ways failed. So this was the last way. Jesus is the last way, and the only way for anybody to make it into heaven. So, um, you know, He sends His His one and only begotten Son to the earth. To die as um, the last sacrifice for all. There is no more sacrifices. He, Jesus is it, so that's why it's so important to to believe in in everything that He did, because it was a sacrifice. He left all His splendor to come and and be crucified in His blood. If you believe in him, his blood flows through your veins. You're his child. You become a whole, his people. One race. Okay, and so I'm, I'm not sure if it, this goes on to um, record. Um, let's see. Maybe it does. Let me just keep reading here. So they go back to their people, and they tell them everything that's happened. Um, And so they record out, you know, all the people that had been against him. And then in verse 29, And now, Lord, take note of their hearts, and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence, while you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. So, I touched a little bit, a little bit about this last week, about asking Jesus for um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, um, like my experience was that I felt um, like fire immediately um, in my heart. I can't explain it any other way. It was just like this fire. And it was just for a split second, but I knew that that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And some people feel like a great warmth come over their body when they get the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's different from the baptism um, coming up from the water into, into a, you know, um, begins a process, a water baptism of being born again when you come up from that water. It's a new you, and then the Holy Spirit helps you become... Um, Leads you into all truth and the good fruits of the spirit. So it's and then plus you get uh, just a real boldness to speak about Jesus as these apostles did, and and thank God you know because they uh, you have that's part of the armor of God found in Ephesians six, to put on the full armor of God. I want to, you know, it'll say to speak boldness, but not just boldness, but to speak truth. And, um, you know, I'm trying to speak to you guys from memory from the Bible, and, you know, I I may get a word or two wrong here and there, um, but it's it's not... Uh, the message is on point, and I want to just, just uh, speak to you in boldness. Now, the last piece that I I, I I also want to read, it's in Galatians 1. Now, in what I just read to you from Acts chapter 4, where it says, you know, Peter's Peter and John are questioning, you know, were we supposed to listen to you? Uh, or, or should we listen to our God and what we know as truth and what we saw, what we witnessed, um, the power, um, everything that's recorded in these holy books um, is to edify us so we know what they went through. And it's as alive then as it is today. The The Bible is the sword of the Spirit. It's um, Even Jesus himself, when he was tempted by the devil for those 40 days and 40 nights, he spoke scripture to the devil to get rid of the devil. I mean, that's why it's important to memorize scripture and you know, when I first began um, my transformation, I for whatever reason I couldn't memorize any scripture and so I just prayed, Lord, help me to memorize scripture. Why, you know, can memorize other stuff. And he sh- he sure sh- certainly did help me to memorize scripture. I mean, I'm not as good as people that know a complete book and there are people out there that can recite to you a com- the, a complete book. I mean, wow, I hope to get there someday. So anyway, they're just saying, you know, I'm not going to, you can put me in jail. You can do whatever you want. I'm not going to get off the message of Jesus Christ. And, um, and that's standing deeply rooted in your faith. You're on unshakable ground, Then, no matter what anybody says or does. Um, you're not going to budge from your faith because you, by reading God's word, you're you're just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into your faith and your knowledge and wisdom, um, and uh, you have to be ready. Uh, somebody I once had a, I want to say heated uh, debate <laughs> on a Facebook once with a with a friend. Uh, we didn't agree on something, but. Um, I just kept saying, um, uh, giving her scripture, but Je- I would start. But Jesus said, "But Jesus said, well, God said, well, the Holy Spirit will say to you, you know, and and everything that I I I um, she, I, oh, I don't want to say I won the argument, but I God did because I. I went into battle ready with, with what I knew from God's word and she couldn't get me off the message and it was, um, uh, well I don't want to go into it, uh, I would get into a political and <laughs> um, uh, I don't want to make this political, we had enough political people in the Bible <laughs>